What's going on, world? Thank you for tuning into another episode of Insightful Principles. In today's content, I really want to talk about the bank failures that we've seen here more recently uh, with SBB, Silicon Valley Bank, as well as Signature Bank, and really just detail what this means for the economy, uh, what type of impact it can have with the global economy and even with you know European banks. Um, what it means for you as an investor or even just someone that uh, has money uh, within your own bank that you may use and just kind of being aware of what's going on right now uh, within the market uh, but as always if you all could please do me a huge favor uh, please rate leave a review uh, continue to keep sharing this with your family and friends uh, that's always greatly appreciated now to give you an idea of what silicon valley bank is you know what type of clients they typically serve uh silicon valley bank was actually uh this was the largest bank failure since the 2008 financial crisis uh when washington mutual actually went bust now svb was the second largest bank collapse in u.s history and the company is based out in santa clara california and they were the 16th largest bank throughout america now they primarily serve the technology life sciences and the healthcare industries svb was founded in 1983 and svb has become a major player in the venture capital ecosystem and they typically do provide funding and banking services to startups and investors alike now signature bank uh, they actually were founded in 2001 and they are a New York-based commercial bank that primarily serves small and medium-sized businesses. And in the case of both of these banks, uh, it simply was a bank-run situation that they were not prepared for. Uh, with kind of doing a lot of research and talking with other people uh, within the industry, it seemed that it wasn't the proper risk management uh, that they needed to have when it when it came to being able to manage. Uh, some of the interest rate risks that they experienced with their bond portfolios and i'll talk a little bit more into detail what interest rate risk is and and what exactly was the exposure that silicon valley bank had within their portfolio that actually caused them to collapse so what happened with svb is like i mentioned um they're a bank that mainly uh one of their uh their branches within their bank is providing funding to startups uh and they were much involved with the venture capital world and a lot of the companies they were lending to uh actually started to become more unprofitable uh, as interest rates started to rise and as interest rates began to increase when we were looking at the end of 2021 going into the beginning of 2022 um, it caused a lot of the inflated bubble that we saw with IPOs in much of 2021. Uh, a lot of startups actually started to shut down and it actually made private fundraising much more costly because the cost of capital is much more expensive now when you have interest rates somewhere between four and a half to 4.75 percent. Now, in order to combat against these losses, with the unprofitable investments that SVB had on their balance sheet, they actually bought long-term durated bonds when interest rates were low. Now, this seemed like it was a good idea at the time, but as interest rates began to increase and become much higher, 
those long dated bonds started to lose significant value because when interest rates go up, bond prices go down. And long-term bonds tend to fluctuate much more than short-term bonds. So a lot of these bonds that SVB had, you know, they had 30-year bonds, 20-year, uh, just typically longer-dated bonds. And those are going to fluctuate when interest rates go up because you have the interest rate risk of the bond just fluctuating uh, much more because of the the tightening environment that we're in. Uh, shorter term bonds tend to not fluctuate as much because you have a much more uh, closer term to maturity, which is when the bond expires. So there's not as much interest rate risk. But when you're holding a bond for 30 years and then you see that rates are drastically changing, that's why longer bonds term bonds are going to tend to be much more affected than short-term bonds now the banking model that we have here in america is a fractional reserve system and they tend to borrow short and lend long which means as deposits come into a bank typically they will use 90 percent of the deposits 10 percent is usually the reserve ratio which is 10 percent they have to keep as capital within the bank but they can lend out 90 percent of that so you have banks that will either provide loans which it could be credit cards it could be auto loans in some instances it could be student loans but then you also have other instances where they will also purchase financial assets and they will purchase long-term uh debt such as you know bonds and this was the case for svb and when you have an environment where the Fed raises rates drastically like they have done over the last two years, the 1% or 2% interest that a bank will earn on a 30-year dated bond is losing money when you have the federal funds rate at almost nearly 5%. And this is known as the interest rate risk that I explained because when rates fluctuate, it's going to impact the value of the bond, especially if it's a long-dated bond. And as this started to build up, uh, SVB actually dis disclosed that they had a $1.8 billion loss and they needed to raise more capital to address their depositors' demand. And as the stock fell back on March 10th, which was uh, last Friday, uh, many deposits wanted to take their many depositors wanted to take their money out of the bank because of the liquidity issues that they were seeing. And this was simply a bank run that SVB was not prepared for. And SVB could not meet the demand of their deposits because most of the customer deposits that were sitting in those long-term dated bonds that I mentioned, they're no longer worth the same because the interest rates are much higher and those bonds have lost value over time. So therefore, SVB, they did not have enough cash to fulfill their customers' obligations. And then you had the FDIC that actually had to step in and actually say that they were going to actually provide uh, the insurance needed up to 250000 to be able to help service the demand of the depositors but the other issue that you run into is that with svb and also with signature bank a lot a majority of the deposits that they had within their bank uh was uninsured so what that means is is a lot of the deposits that are above the fdic limit of the two hundred and fifty thousand, they had a lot of people that had much more money than that 
So a lot of their uh, demand that they had to meet for the depositors was unassured deposits. And a number of venture capitalists uh, said that Signature Bank was the most exposed lender uh, after SVB because it also had a concentrated customer base. They had significant exposure to cryptocurrencies and technology companies and a high proportion of uninsured deposits. And of Signature's $89 billion in deposits, uh, 90% were not insured by FDIC at the end of last year, according to a regulatory filing. Uh, so I thought that that was very interesting of just some of the impacts that we've seen with not only SVP, uh, but also with what we've seen with Signature Bank. And some of the companies that had exposure uh, to SVB is actually Roblox. Uh, they actually had about 5% of their $3 billion cash and securities balance uh, held with SVP. And uh, this is the online gaming firm. Uh, you also have Roku, which is a streaming devices uh, company. They had about $487 million or 26% of its cash uh, held in deposits with SVB. Um, also, there's been a lot of talks with Circle, uh, which they are uh, the company that uh, created the stablecoin with USDC, uh, which is a cryptocurrency uh, stablecoin. Uh, they had about 3.3 billion of its 40 billion of its USD coin reserved at SVB. And then lastly, BlockFi, which was the bankrupt crypto lender had roughly $227 million in unprotected funds at SVB. So it definitely is just a lot going on uh, when you think about the impact that these bank failures have had uh, just within the regional banking sector, but all of the other industries and the companies that have been involved. And also the Federal Reserve actually announced on Sunday that they have a uh, implemented a new lending facility uh, that's going to be aimed at providing extra funding to eligible institutions to ensure that banks have the ability to meet the needs of all their depositors. And the U.S. Central Bank uh, pretty much just came out and said they're prepared to address any liquidity pressures that may arise. So some of the details of this new lending program is they're going to offer loans of up to one year uh, to lenders that pledge collateral, including U.S. Treasuries and other qualifying assets, which will be valued at par. Uh, they also talked about that uh, the program will eliminate an institution's need to quickly sell those securities in times of stress, and it would be enough to cover all uninsured U.S. deposits is what the Federal Reserve has came out and said. And the facility is also going to put up about $25 billion uh, to be able to help uh, not only SVB and Signature Bank, but, you know, any other bank that may have uh, some liquidity issues with these interest rate hikes that we're seeing within the market. So it definitely uh, causes a lot of questions around our banking system. And I, I definitely think. Uh, one thing that this has shown a lot of people is the importance of diversification. And I think if you're a business, if you're an individual, you know, if you are having more than $250,000 held without a bank, you have to diversify. You have to uh, have multiple banking relationships. It's no different if you are 
uh, with your portfolio, with your stock portfolio, when you're investing in, in crypto, uh, when you're investing in real estate, you want to be diversified. You want to have your money working in different areas and you don't necessarily want in one particular thing you don't want all of your eggs in one basket and i think when we have these bank collapses when we have these bank failures we have to understand that we live in a fractional reserve banking system so by nature the the system is designed to take leverage to uh, have debt and when we have issues where our interest rates are going higher and we're in a more tightening environment a lot of these banks that don't have proper risk management that are not hedging against the losses that they may have within their bond portfolios or they're making investments with other startups and getting involved in venture capital uh, where there's it's not yielding enough return to be able to serve their depositors. You have to think of other ways to hedge against those risks and you have to mitigate that risk by putting your money in multiple places and not having it all in one bank or having it all in one asset. And I think this is just really opening up our eyes that a lot of questions are starting to rise of if the Federal Reserve is going to pause rate hikes, if they're going to pivot because of the pain and, and the breaking that they're starting to see with some of these larger banks. But I do think at the same time, and the inflation print just came out uh, yesterday on Tuesday, March 14th, and it shows that inflation is not slowing down. So I think personally that they're going to have to continue to keep raising rates and as much pain as it causes. Um, unfortunately, these banks have to have proper risk management and you have to be able to hedge against uh, those losses that you're seeing within your portfolio. And for those that are banking uh, with different companies, you have to make sure that if you are holding more than 250000 or even if it's less than that, you have to make sure that you're doing your due diligence to look at is my bank solvent? You know, what is the uh, performance of my bank? What is the solvency of my bank? You know, how much do they lend out? All of these th different things are important to know so that way you can have a better understanding of how to allocate your money and to make sure that you are diversifying it and having it in multiple places. So I hope all of this was helpful for you all and, and giving you a little bit more insight of what's happening uh, with what we've seen with SBVB and also with Signature Bank. And uh, as always, if you could please continue to rate, uh, leave a review, continue to keep sharing this podcast with your family and friends. Uh, I was greatly appreciated. And I thank you all so much for tuning into another episode and have a blessed day.